Welcome to E to the Power of Three, a podcast of Bridging the Gap, where our mission is to encourage, equip, and empower every woman on her faith journey with Jesus Christ. Today, we are honored to hear a conversation with our podcast host, McKelty Bloom, and her mom, Diane Shirk. Along with being a speaker and podcaster, McKelty and her mom co-authored and recently released Braving Every Season, a book about the topic of mother-daughter relationships. In this episode, you will hear hope from their relational journey, how unspoken and unmet expectations can be dangerous in relationships, what it looks like to advocate for your daughter even when it's scary, and how vulnerability in relationships can be healing. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of E to the Power of Three. I am McKelty Bloom, and this is a really fun episode for me because I am playing two roles today. I am hosting the podcast, but also kind of a guest on it as well, which is really fun for me. I am joined today by my lovely mother, Diane Shirk. Hi, mom. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, McKelty. Thank you very much. (laughs) And we are talking today all about our new book that just came out in May. It's already been out over a month. I can't even believe it. Can you believe it? Oh my gosh. Doesn't seem like it. (laughs) We're talking all about our new book, Braving Every Season, a mother-daughter journey to ditch the tension, create connection, and brave life together. And this book started three years ago, honestly, when we decided to write it, I came to you and I said, hey, we have a pretty decent relationship. What if we wrote a book together about it? And what if we encouraged other moms and daughters in their relationships? Because we've had a very good relationship, but there's always hard things in every relationship. There's always challenges. There's always hurt feelings, unmet expectations. And we saw a lot of my friends growing up and you experienced a lot of friends growing up and their moms having really hard relationships and in areas that we were like what can we do to help with this like this is stuff that we've navigated sometimes well sometimes not well (laughs) um but we just wanted to write this book to help so we started it three years ago and Um, Got a little bit delayed for various reasons, but finally hunkered down and did this book. What is this book about from your perspective? From my perspective, this book is about how mothers and daughters can work at having a good relationship. Mm -hmm. And if they don't have a good relationship, it's about some ideas and tips and self-reflection to maybe get some insight into why mm. and if there is a possibility of having a better relationship, how how does that look? Yeah, absolutely. And what I really loved about this book is that we go through the seasons of life, our seasons. That's why obviously it's called Braving Every Season, spoiler alert, but we just <laughs> really decided to go back to the beginning and we start the book with you finding out you're pregnant with me. And all those emotions that come with, okay, I've got to get my head right. I'm about to be a single mom. Um, What does this look like? 
And then it goes all the way and ends to me being a mom now to my amazing, wild, crazy 18 month old son and how I've battled through the journey of becoming a mom in transitions, which I'm horrible at and um, all of those feelings that come with it. So it truly is a childhood to my adolescence, to being a teenager and a young adult, going to college, getting married. It is a whole journey through all of that. Yes, it's definitely a journey. It's our journey. And then on our journey, the reader can take their own journey. Mm -hmm. That's something that a lot of people have shared that have read the book. And I have loved hearing, we both have the feedback from people on what it is meant to them to go through this journey with us and to laugh with us and to cry and to hear some of our most embarrassing stories and <laughs> and times when we've totally screwed up and just made mistakes and but what we've learned from it and having kind of like that inside scoop into us has been really fun for people but also a lot have shared i walked through this journey with my mom or with my daughter through your words. I pictured myself. I I realized that I had experienced those thoughts as a mom that I didn't know anybody else had thought of or had experienced. And that's been so amazing to hear because that's where we wrote the book. Yes, we had to be very vulnerable and open about the mistakes we felt that we'd made and the things that we'd done right. Mm -hmm. So that other people could also be vulnerable in their relationship because otherwise nothing's gonna change. Right, and I have this motto in life where it's like, I'll go first. I will go first and share my vulnerable pieces, be authentic, and if I can do that and create this culture and create a space and environment where then you feel comfortable enough to say, hey, me too. Me too. I've been there too. We've been there together too. And feeling like I'm not alone in something, then I've done my part. <laughs> that that's mm-hmm. and we both wanted to do that in this book. So we do get really honest and we do get very vulnerable with each other. Do you feel like there was a section that was harder to write more than others? It was really hard for me to admit that I really didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) I am one of those people who wants to look very confident, very um, competent, and also like I'm an achiever. Mm -hmm. I want to be the best at everything that I do. Mm -hmm. And I don't want people to think that I fall short. Mm. Nobody does, right? Right. Yeah. So those younger year chapters, was that harder for you to write then? Yes, and and because I wrote in order, um, I didn't realize it was going to be so emotional writing Mm -hmm. it and that I was going to be sharing a lot of stuff that you hadn't heard, Mm -hmm. that I hadn't (laughs) shared with anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't ask for a lot of help. Uh, when I was a new parent, and that's something I would totally do differently and recommend people do differently. Yeah. Yeah. I think for both of us and why we encourage you listeners to walk through this together through our book is when we were going through this, it was like major therapy sessions we didn't know we needed. (laughs) Yes. Because it's, you know, like I said at the beginning, we've had a really good relationship with each other 
And I thought that we had a very honest relationship with each other. But that really didn't develop until college for me. So we had this huge, like, history, obviously going before college and and after it, of all of these things that I wish I would have told you in the moment. And it feels too late now. Or I had this experience and I've never apologized for it and I really have always wanted to. And to be able to sit down and hash all of that out brought so much healing for me and emotions I didn't think I would have an experience. <laughs> but I know it brought a lot of healing for you too. Yes, and I was very surprised by a lot of the things that you said. Mm. Um, I didn't know you were feeling some of those things or going through some stuff. And there's a lot that I didn't tell you and we didn't discuss because you really need to have a fully developed brain before you (laughs) understand some of the things. And then being a mom yourself, there was a whole nother level of understanding that you could reach as far as that. But I I gained a lot of perspective um, in my relationship with my mom. Hmm. And then also because of all the social work type of um, ideas and things that you know and shared with me, I was able to, for one thing, forgive myself for a lot of the mistakes I had made and not maybe be so hard on myself Mm -hmm. for what I had done so that I was able to grow emotionally Mm -hmm. um, through the stuff that we talked about. Yeah. Oh, there are so many good things you just said there. I I think I want to touch base on that last part of we created this book to be a no shame, no embarrassment, fully vulnerable and authentic book. And we acknowledge that every single person has made mistakes in relationships. I mean, constantly. And why we thought it was so important to write, to encourage people to talk about it is because we walked through that and sat down and said, okay, no shame in this, but this is how I really felt. And even when it was uncomfortable bringing that up to each other, because we didn't know how the other person was (laughs) going to respond, the freedom and the healing that it brought after was so worth it. And I think we can be so blocked by our shame and so blocked by what we perceive as our failures that we don't want to go forward with to somebody else because it's already hard to admit when you're wrong. And then it's doubly hard to admit to your wrong to somebody else and ask for forgiveness. Yeah. (laughs) And so to be able to say, we're going to just remove shame from this conversation. We're going to remove the the hatred or the anger that might come up and just try to come to each other in a place of honesty and authenticity just brought a whole new level of joy and healing that I didn't know was possible, if that makes sense. It does. And it also um, brought a lot of grace into the picture Hmm. that God doesn't expect us to be perfect. He's perfect. Yeah. And we're just doing the best we can and sometimes we want to do better yeah and there's grace in realizing that we're we all fall short Mm -hmm. i think one of the big examples that 
I shared about in this book that I had not talked to you about beforehand and I wrote it and that was kind of fun. <laughs> it was kind of nerve wracking. And one of the fun pieces about writing this book is I would write a chapter and send it to you for editing because you're an editor. And then I was like, well, we'll see what she says. <laughs> you know, there was like so many things where I'm like, oh, I don't know how she'll feel about this revelation of mine, but I'm going to tell her. And one of those examples of, of what we're talking about here and providing healing is when I was a teenager, I had to have been like 16, 16 or 17, and you got really sick and you were not feeling well, one of your super bad colds. And you asked me, hey, before you leave for the weekend, because I was going to see my friends, hang out with my boyfriend, you know, hey, can you just go get me some NyQuil and DayQuil? I can't leave the house. I'm so exhausted and I don't feel well. And me being a bratty teenager (laughs) was like, oh, this is such an inconvenience. I need to go see my boyfriend. I need to go see my friends. You know, as a teenager, that's just what we're consumed with a lot of the times. And just made this task to be so inconvenient, you know, for myself. And I went to Walgreens and I tried to buy Netflix, but I mean, not Netflix. I tried to buy NyQuil. (laughs) And... I forgot that I wasn't old enough to buy NyQuil. I wasn't old enough because of the alcohol content in there. You have to be 21. And the frustration that I experienced, and I I don't remember what I did. I don't remember if I even tried to find different cold medicine out there for you or if I just, I put up a little bit of a fight and said, my mom's really sick. There's nobody else. And they just said no. And I think I just left. And I just came home and I told you that. I was like, they wouldn't let me. And then I'm going to leave. And that day, driving home, driving to see my friends, I felt so much guilt and so much shame because that's not the relationship we had. We did things for each other. Right. We helped each other. We supported each other. And I felt so bad thinking of you all alone for a weekend on the couch being sick. And I never apologized because by the time I got home from the weekend and I've kind of, you know, like, oh, I bet you forgot. I bet it's fine. It's not a big deal. And so I held on to feeling guilty for that moment for years until three years ago when we finally sat down to outline this book. And I said, I've been holding on to this since I was 16 years old. And I just want you to know I'm sorry. I didn't know if you were going to remember that (laughs) situation. I didn't know what you were going to say if you were going to say, Oh, sure. I mean, it's fine. Whatever. I forgot about it. Or what What was going to happen? But just telling you I'm sorry after all that time, it's something that was so small in the grand scheme of our relationships, mm-hmm. instantly brought me so much freedom and healing on your end, I think. Go ahead and share your side of it and what that did for you. I had, I remember, definitely remembered the incident. Um, cause I was disappointed as a mom mm-hmm. that you were just taking off and didn't seem to care. And, um, I didn't know at all that you ever thought twice about it or felt guilty at all. I thought you had just been a teenager and blown it off mm-hmm. pretty much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what was it like then to have me after all of this time, I'm, I mean, that's a long, long time. That is a very long time. <laughs> Almost a decade to say, I'm sorry. I was floored and touched. And I wished that more moms and daughters could have those conversations mm-hmm. and really clear the air about things. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And once we finally talked about it, I was like, we have to include this into the book because it was just a prime example again of what even just those small conversations, even just those apologies, even just those on the flip side of like, you said this to me and I've been holding on to those words my whole life and asking not necessarily asking for an apology, but just sharing what that meant. If your mom or your daughter has ever said something so hurtful to you that you can't let it go and it's been a decade. And what would that look like to actually bring that to them and to share what you truly felt? Because maybe they felt guilty their whole life too about saying that. And they thought you had forgotten about it and they didn't want to bring it up and re-hurt feelings or anything like that. But what would it look like to just break that tension and to say, I'm, I'm sorry, or, you know, I felt this way. Do you remember saying this to me? Like, I just want you to know what it meant to me. So I think when we have those courageous conversations and we have those moments of just being brave together, it just opens up this avenue for us to go deeper in our relationships because that's what we want, right? I mean, no relationship is perfect. Mother and daughter relationships are amazing, but they are one of the hardest relationships out there, in my opinion, because it's so sensitive. It is. Right? <laughs> There's so many dynamics to it. There's the dynamic of a mom feeling like she has to raise and prepare her daughter to be a woman. And there's the dynamic then of when if there's other siblings involved, that was in my case, but like helping that dynamic. And what if there's favoritism? Then there's going to be an avenue of disappointment and frustration from there from a daughter. Or And then when they go off and get married, that's a whole new dynamic. We talk a lot about that in our book of what it was like for <laughs> what people, what I say for myself, cutting the umbilical cord <laughs> <laughs> between us and having to take that step back and you allowing somebody else to come in and provide for me. And then you have when your daughter starts to become a mom. And then that's a whole new avenue of stress and dynamic and trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to be a mom to my daughter when she's now a mom? So there's so much to unpack in a relationship and why we think that having these hard conversations brings so much joy and I would say a deeper understanding of each other. Would you agree with that? Definitely. And it was actually, there was a lot of fun too, thinking about the fun times that we had had mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. And sometimes something was a disaster, but it was still fun because mm -hmm. we were together and we were going through something together, mm -hmm. um, just the experiences that we had. And one of the things I realized that as a mom, it's really hard to not have your self-worth be tied in to how you feel about your daughter mm. and how successful you think she is or is she turning out the way you want? Mm. Is she doing the things that you wished you could do when you were young? Mm. And um, one of the big things is let you be you and me be me, mm. and I'm this huge introvert, and you're this extrovert. <laughs> we're very And <laughs> we're just so opposite in so many ways. And that we needed to, I needed to really focus on who is McKelty, mm. not as an extension of me, but mm -hmm. as your own person, mm -hmm. and the person that God created you to be. Mm -hmm. 
Because that was really hard growing up. From that, how am I going to write this? That was really hard for you while I was growing up to navigate because I was such a different person. Yeah. <laughs> and I was someone that a lot of people could not figure out and had a really hard time figuring out. So you had a lot of advocacy to do on my behalf. What was that like as a mom to try to navigate, okay, I'm being a mom for the first time and trying to figure this out, but also when do I receive help and when do I say, no, you're wrong, I know it's best for my daughter? Like, How did you find those boundaries and balance? Our annual summer gathering, The Garden Coffee, is coming up soon. Join us July 9th at 10.30 a.m. at Lake Geneva Christian Center in Alexandria, Minnesota for this free missional event for women and girls of all ages. Along with enjoying refreshments under the large outdoor tent, you'll be able to worship, hear from this year's featured guests, Tanya, Morgan, and Isabel McKinley, missionaries to Lithuania, as well as have the opportunity to invest into missions. Invite the women in your family or church community to join us. There's no RSVP required. Visit mnbtg.org for more information, and we can't wait to see you there. I had some tough conversations with teachers and even uh, family members sometimes. I had a lot of support from our family, and they thought you were awesome too and knew that there was so much good and potential and positives because you loved everybody so much. <laughs> you were just like so kind and caring and loving at the same time as mm -hmm. not stopping talking and not move, you know, stopping mm -hmm. moving and everything like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I hated confrontation. I hated speaking my mind and I totally had to get over that because I couldn't just let people be mean to you mm. and not take action. It was when you got hurt, when your feelings got hurt, or um, I felt like I was sending you into a situation where someone was probably gonna be mean to you and not even understand how mean they were being mm -hmm. to you and just not being able to tolerate that. Mm -hmm. What encouragement would you give for moms who are raising younger daughters? When, because this book is for all moms and daughters. doesn't matter how old they are, mm -hmm. how young they are. I truly think that even if your daughter is younger and maybe you haven't had some of these hard situations yet, that you can gain a lot of building a strong foundation of wanting to have an authentic and healthy relationship with them. And even just you share so much about when I was little and my childhood and what you experienced and walked through. And I know 100% there are moms that are going through that right now. So what encouragement would you give to some moms who have younger daughters where they are feeling the pressure of in a couple of situations where I'm learning that I have to advocate like crazy for my kid because their needs aren't being met or the moms that are really struggling with if I start vocalizing and I start sharing how I really feel, people are going to look differently at me. There, I'm not going to be this put together perfect <laughs> mom. <laughs> I'm going to start saying I disagree with that or I want things differently. What's your encouragement to those moms? I definitely encourage them 
one, to not give up, two, know that they aren't alone, um, and three, keep focused on the fact that God created your child exactly how they're supposed to be and that God picked you to raise your daughter for a specific reason. Mm. And that once you have that child, it's not about you anymore. Mm. And now it's about this child and and you have this great responsibility to them. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge way for you to work on getting over some of your idiosyncrasies. And it's so helpful to read about what other people have gone through and experienced and how they've tackled different situations. Mm. I think we can learn so much from each other. You don't have to recreate the wheel and you don't have to feel like you have to figure out everything yourself. Yeah. And to even encourage those moms that feel like I'm doing everything I can for my child, but it never feels good enough. It they I don't feel like I'm getting any sort of <laughs> acknowledgement or affirmation of the work I'm doing is for me as a kid, I saw the work that you were doing. I saw that you were trying to get me into the right clubs, into the right, I should rephrase that, like activity clubs, not like (laughs) dance party clubs, (laughs) but like between dance and trying sports and theater, like you were trying to help me find my spot. And I vividly remember it was third grade, excuse me, second grade. And I was sitting there and I heard you talking to the after school program teachers saying, I'm pulling McKelty out of the school. We're going to a different school. They just don't understand her here. And I remember that. And I remember feeling like, okay, my mom cares. She is trying. She's trying to help me find the right place. She cares enough to not have me sit in this cookie cutter school where they want every kid to be quiet and perfect and not ask questions and to put me somewhere where I will be accepted. And as a kid, we don't have the capacity to acknowledge that and like say, thanks, mom. You know, I was in second grade. But I always saw that. I always saw you sacrificing and advocating for me. And it wasn't until I was adult where I've been able to actually verbalize my appreciation. So my encouragement to those moms is you have no idea what your kids see you doing. You you might be feeling like you're in a really thankless job. That's a lot of motherhood. <laughs> I mean, yes, definitely. My kid can't say thank you yet. And it's just like, you know how much I do for you? <laughs> it's just the way it is. But they see the work that you're putting in. They see how much you care and what you're trying to do. So don't give up. Another concept that we talk a lot about in our book is expectations and unmet expectations or unspoken expectations. And I'm just curious, you know, from your perspective of how has expectations impacted you and maybe your relationship with your mom or your relationship with me. Um, expectations are really a hot button because I didn't want to raise you the way my mom raised me. Mm-hmm. And I had expectations that I could do better, but I didn't know how. Mm-hmm. And I, there was a lot of things I expected out of motherhood. 
and the reality was so different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know how little sleep I was going to get. I didn't know how little you were going to listen to me. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know how hard it was going to be just to feed you. <laughs> um, so looking at the expectations, I had to change what my expectations were, especially because you I had to accept you and not expect you to behave a certain way mm-hmm. or act a certain way or want to do certain things. Mm-hmm. So then it was this great discovery of who are you? What do you like doing? How can we navigate this? How can be, we be successful at this? Mm-hmm. So usually when I was disappointed or angry or upset or having a really hard time, it was because I was struggling to let go of my expectations mm. and just accept things for how they were mm-hmm. instead of h- how I wanted them to be. Mm-hmm. No, that's really good. And I just think any type of, in my opinion, expectations are like the foundation for disappointment, <laughs> for that, frustration yeah. in any area of your life, in your job, in your relationships. You know, it's just, it's that's the reality of it. And then I think what's so dangerous about unspoken expectations is, again, it's cause for hurt. And if we're not sharing what we expect or from others, or even on the flip side, what we think someone else expects from us, that can create a lot of tension. And it's so important before going into anything to just set that expectation. I've learned that a lot in my marriage. And that's probably been one of the biggest ways where I've started to understand expectations more is just seeing that like, okay, if I know that I'm expecting this to be a really big day, like a holiday, Valentine's Day, whatever. If I'm expecting flowers, I should just say, hey, would you give me flowers? Yes, you definitely you should. I mean? Something like that. <laughs> or else I'm going to be mad and creaky about it. So... One of the examples that was so powerful for me in this area that we share about in our book was talking about when I was in college, I had for a while thought about going to grad school in London. I loved London. I really liked the idea of studying abroad. So it was the end of my senior year and we decided, let's take a trip to London. And while we're there, let's go look at some grad schools. And you had done all this work to set up appointments to get things ready so we could visit. And we were so excited. And we get to London. We go to one tour, and I'm like, I don't want to go to grad school in London. <laughs> just, <laughs> I instantly knew. I was like, I don't feel that this is right. I felt like the Holy Spirit was shutting that door of like, this is not where you're supposed to be. And I'm grateful for that because then I probably would not be married to my husband. <laughs> so like he knew. He knew the future I had. And I did not want to tell you. I was so afraid to tell you because I'm like, she's expecting me to go here. She's really excited about this. And said the very cliche sentence in my head that a lot of daughters probably say about their mom as this is her dream for me. And I think so much of the time we hold on to that. This is what she wants for me. And she is so excited about this for me. I don't want to disappoint her. It goes mm-hmm. to that disappointment. And that's such a powerful thing. And so I struggled for a couple of days of, I got to tell her, I don't want to go see any more of these schools. I don't want to waste my time. She's going to be so mad. She did all this work of getting us here and setting us up. And she's been so excited. I think she's going to be disappointed in me. And so I remember sitting there 
I think we were at a coffee shop, we were out to lunch, something like that. And I just found the courage and I just said, mom, I just, I'm so sorry, but I don't feel like I'm supposed to go here. And I probably threw in the Holy Spirit is saying, <laughs> I shouldn't go here, mom, because we all know we do that every once in a while to try to get away with something. But I just said that and I just waited and I was probably just stripping in sweat, so nervous, shaking. And you just said, okay, do you want me to cancel the appointments for the other schools? And I was like, yeah, 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 sure. Okay. And I was just dumbfounded <laughs> because I had built up all of this tension internally of I don't want to ruin her expectation for me. I don't want to be disappointed. And being able to just tell you that was just this huge release and we could go on with our life. But so many mothers and daughters don't have that huge release. They don't have that conversation. So for years and years and years, they're building up this tension between the two of them of this is what she wants from me. But what if that's actually not what she wants from you? She just didn't know how to say it. And you're both sitting there on the other side of the table thinking, well, this is what she wants. (laughs) And no one wants that. (laughs) And then you're trying to help the other person achieve their goals when the person doesn't want that goal anymore. (laughs) And you can just stop. Right. And so I think it's just so important that we have those conversations with each other right away, even if there is going to be hurt feelings, but just saying, honestly, this is what I want or don't want or acknowledging in hard moments. And I'm sure we've had plenty of these where I've said, I feel like your expectation of me is this, or I'm expecting this of you. And just laying it out there because again, that honesty, that vulnerability just sets a foundation of trust between the two of you that you can just move forward in all of that. I totally trust that you want the best for me. And I know that I have to keep telling you and talking to you about um, what's good for me mm-hmm. because you're coming at it from a way different perspective. Yeah. Being the extrovert that you are and Mm -hmm. young and (laughs) everything. And I'm the introvert who's older and done a lot of the things I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's not not a lot of adventure left that I want to go on um, because I got to do so much of that already Mm -hmm. um, that... uh, you you can't possibly understand where I'm coming from unless I share with you. Yeah, that's a really good point. You can't understand where I'm coming from unless I share it with you. And I think that is a huge piece to relationships. And it can be really intimidating, especially based on how people have responded and treated you in the past of being honest and vulnerable. I mean, I feel like in my past, I got ridiculed and criticized whenever I was honest about how I was feeling about something and put down and so it is very very hard for me to be honest with how I'm feeling hopefully not by me no (laughs) I'm like wait a minute let's clarify here (laughs) no 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 by friends by peers by teachers other important relationships in my life Mm -hmm. it was just my opinion my feelings were not valid And so it is very, very hard for me to be completely honest with how I'm feeling because I'm so concerned with how the other person is going to respond or are they going to think less of me because of my opinion. I just sit in awe of the people who do not care 
they just say whatever they the, the Enneagram five and eights listening. I admire you greatly because I can't do it. There's so much fear there. And it blocks me from truly vulnerable and growth in my relationships. Vulnerability and growth. Because I'm so scared to really speak my mind. So I want to acknowledge that, that this is not easy. And it's not as easy as we're just talking about here. But for some of us, it is, there is years and years and years of hurt between you and your mom and you and your daughter that you're like, there's no way we can reconcile. There is no way that we can do this. And I mean, it's just, it's not going to be a one day thing. It really isn't. No relationship is. But I think even just small steps and small moments of just starting to speak truth and just to reveal more of yourself to them and to have those conversations can start to really do the work of the journey. And it is a journey in every relationship. And so I just... I believe so strongly in it because I've seen the results and not just between us, but between so many of my friends who have had the bravery and courage to share some deep and personal things with their moms and seen freedom come from that. It's just when we truly create that space of vulnerability, there's a lot that can happen there. Mm hmm. We do talk a lot in our book about some social work concept as well. Obviously, I'm a social worker. <laughs> if you couldn't tell by me talking in a lot of ways. Um, but one of the things that you said is when we were getting ready to write the book is I want you to use some of your social work knowledge about relationships. And so I do sprinkle a lot of that in there, too. Um, one of the things we talk about is attachment, which is a topic I'm very passionate about, and we don't have time to get into it here, um, but just really the base of understanding your attachment style. Everyone has an attachment style. Some are secure attachments and others are more insecure attachments, and it does impact how you respond to each other and how you attach. So... You can check out all that stuff out in the book and talk about it more. But we talk about a variety of other things that really is there to just encourage us and looking more at some of the psychology and the biology of why we act the way we act. And another part of the book that I really do enjoy is an idea that you were very adamant about putting into the book is at the end of every chapter, we have discussion points and talking points. So do you want to share a little bit about what that looks like? Well, at each chapter, we share a story, something that happened uh, while you were growing up, some maybe something that happened now. And after the story, then we have a list of the key points that we want the readers to understand from the story that we shared. And then after that are some reflection questions, but also talking points. So I've, I discovered which... I didn't really know <laughs> until we were going through the book and going through the questions and everything that before I was ready to talk to you, I needed to really reflect on what had been shared and what the topic was. And a lot of times it was thinking about when I was a kid and I didn't even realize how much the things that happened to me as a kid affected our relationship and how I parented you and what I thought about. Mm -hmm. And so it was great to be able to do those self-reflection questions. And then 
there's some questions for the mom to ask a daughter or a daughter to ask a mom where you can find some things out about your mom or your daughter that you never even knew Mm -hmm. or get their insight into how they felt about something. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think with each chapter, um, it gets a little bit deeper or sometimes it's just fun stuff where you're talking about family traditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we really thought that it would be important to have that space, like you said, for just self-reflection, just some discussion things in your own head to what that meant to you, what this chapter meant to you, what were things that stuck out to you, and then to create a space where you can actually ask them. You know, some of the things are, one of the questions is, um, what was a time like you remember seeing your mom advocate for you and sticking up for you? And so then you have the option to think of a few. And then we say, now tell her like that you saw that. Thank her for that and take that extra step. One of the other questions is I spend some time talking about how important it is that as moms, we're being aware of how our self-image is impacting our daughters and our kids of they see you criticize yourself they see you not want to take the picture with them because your hair is not done what is that projecting to them and so one of the questions is how did you perceive like your mom growing up how was her self-image towards herself how do you think that affected you growing up or you now so we really sometimes like you said have lighter questions and some of them are really deep but we do hope that people would take the time to really utilize those questions to have that because I am a huge proponent of self-reflection. I feel like I'm constantly like, well, I was self-reflecting the other day. (laughs) We need to understand ourselves better. And the way you do that is sometimes have the tough conversations with yourselves. And I acknowledge some of my reactions are because of of a feeling and this internal subconscious feeling that is unexpected to me. But I'm like, oh, so when I was mad at you, it was really because I was sad. And I wouldn't have gotten to that conclusion unless I did this self-reflection. So it's so important. And we really hope that those can be a tool for you, whether you are just going through the self-reflection on your own, you don't have the ability to talk to your mom or daughter about it, um, or you are going to bring that to them and sit down for coffee, read the book together. It's the perfect book to read with your mother or your daughter and to talk about it. Mm -hmm, Definitely. So... I mean, we're getting close to wrapping up here, and I hope that you've enjoyed this conversation. I I always enjoy talking to you. (laughs) I just, we hope you listeners have enjoyed it too. We truly, if you take anything away from this conversation, we just want you to know that we value you. We value your relationship with your mother and daughter, and our true hope and prayer is that your relationship would grow. It doesn't matter if your relationship's already great. You can always grow in it even deeper. And even if it is great right now, what happens when conflict does come up in the future? I had a mom who left a review and she was like, I am a mom to all boys. I have a great relationship with my mom. So I didn't know what I would get out of it, but I gained gained so much insight into just a mother and daughter relationship from reading this book still. So I do believe that anybody can benefit from just going through this. And even if you 
don't want to go through it for those reasons and you just want to get an inside scoop into my life, <laughs> into my mom's life, and hear all of our crazy stories, then feel free. Far <laughs> power to you. But where can they find this book, Mom? The book is available on Amazon, Amazon.com, and it's Kindle version, Kindle Unlimited version, and also paperback. Yep. So you can find it anywhere on Amazon. You can also go to heartofthebrave.com, which is my personal website, and find it there. And we also will link it to the show notes, uh, in the show notes, so that you can purchase it there as well. But thank you for listening today. Thank you for joining us in this conversation. And any final thoughts? Oh, I hope that everybody's blessed by the book. That's why we wrote it. We wrote it for you. Thank you, everybody, and thank you, Mom, for listening. I mean, for joining. <laughs> thank you for joining us for this episode of E to the Power of Three. We were honored to hear from McKelty Bloom and Diane Shirk on understanding and navigating your mother-daughter relationship. Learn more about McKelty and check out her and Diane's book, Braving Every Season, as well as McKelty's podcast and other resources at heartofthebrave.com or by following McKelty underscore Bloom on social media. You can also learn more about Bridging the Gap at mnbtg.org by downloading the new Bridging the Gap app through your app store or by following mnbtg on social media. Thank you for joining us and we look forward to being with you next time on E to the Power of Three.